This is Camp Code, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. Camp Code is dedicated to helping you create and facilitate the most effective leadership training so we as an industry can raise the bar for professionalism and preparedness of our staff. You can find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and directors at camphacker.tv. Welcome to Camp Code, a podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. This podcast is dedicated to what many camp professionals believe to be the most important time at camp, no matter what you call it, staff training, orientation, or leadership training. This critical time period prepares your staff to fulfill all the promises that you make to parents and customers throughout the rest of the year. So let's start today by introducing ourselves. Gab, why don't we start with you? Well, my name is Gabrielle Rail, and uh, I'm one of the camp directors at Camp Waro. Camp Waro is an all-girls camp with a bilingual program, uh, and we're situated in the Laurentian Mountains in Quebec. Great. Ruby? I'm Ruby Compton. I'm the summer camp program director at Green River Preserve. Uh, we are an environmentally based summer camp uh, that is located on 3,400 acres of private wildlife preserve in the Blue Ridge Mountains in western North Carolina. Awesome. And I'm Beth Allison, co-owner of Camp Hacker. For 15 years, I was a camp director and executive director in Muskoka, Ontario, Canada, and am now a camp consultant with my husband, Travis. And today our topic is, that was last year, focus on this year. So Ruby, why don't you tell us why we chose this particular topic for our podcast? Oh, because we have all heard this <laughs> phrase. That's not the way we did it last year. So-and-so let, it, let us do it this way. We've all heard it. So whether you're a new director who's running the show for the first time, or you're a veteran who's just had a really rough summer you know, the previous year, we want to talk today about how you can hit the ground running this summer towards positive change. Excellent. So we pick the topic, um, as Ruby said, because it's happened to all of us. So Gab, why don't you start us off by telling us how you set the tone for a new or and better year? Um, I, I think uh, this is what we, we talk about often, but it's reflecting what you did um, the year before. Uh, I worked with a professor at Concordia University who I, I think it's probably, she's almost, she's coming around 40 years at working at Concordia. So she's, she's been there for a long time. And without fail, every single class that she does, she, she looks at what she did last year, how she wants to, to change it, and how is, how is this class going to help this group of students uh, or hinder them. So she adapts the class to, to the students of that year. And sometimes she throws a whole class out, but she's never, ever done the same class the same way. Um, you know, twice. And I think that sometimes as, as camp directors, it's, we have so much on our plate, um, camper registration, uh, dealing with parents, marketing. Um, sometimes it would just be nice to be able to recycle the stuff that we do with our staff training. But I think staff training is probably one of our most, it is the most, in my opinion, important parts of our, of our camp uh, programming. And so it's something that has to be reevaluated every single year. Um, and we have to look at what we did before. Uh, the other thing is is getting our, our staff on board, our returning staff members. And there's certain sentences that perhaps are in your camp culture. For, for our camp, it's uh, it's the war away. Um, that's the war away. Uh, so that's something that we eliminated uh, about four years ago. That's the war away because it doesn't teach us to ask why we do things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's whenever, whenever I want to make a big change at camp, uh, I start off with a small group. Um, 
of people. I talk about what I want to change and why I want to change it. I get feedback from them. I ask them how, how they think staff members could, uh, uh, would, you know, would best receive this information. We brainstorm. And by doing that, I not only have some good ideas from my staff members, but I also have staff members that buy into the way that I want to change a camp. And so they become sort of people that are they're, they're agents of change. I brought them in for a specific reason because staff members like them, and I know that they're there for the right reasons. So those are just two little things that, that I look at. Always, 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 uh, it's a new program every year that's adapted from the year before, and if there are any changes, I don't do it on my own. I, I bring in staff members to help me. Great ideas. Ruby? Uh, so rolling off what Gab said, I think with that small group, I think that's a great place to acknowledge things that didn't go well, uh, to ask them, how do you feel like last summer went? What would you like to see be different? Uh, because especially with a small kind of trusted group, um, they're going to speak with you hopefully honestly and candidly, um, but also are going to be able to take some more ownership of that change, taking ownership of, yeah, there were these things that didn't go so well. Um, and we have a responsibility in helping those things not happen again. Um, I think also saying the phrase during staff orientation early on, this is not last year. This is not last summer. I think you need to say it. Um, because it's hard for return staff to sometimes accept that fact. Um, and I think it's a good thing for new staff to hear that you're acknowledging we are embarking on an adventure together and it is a different adventure from what we did last year. We're going to grow from the experiences we had last year, but here is how this summer is going to be fantastic. So simply saying, this is not last summer, do it, do it every time. (laughs) Good for you. Um, I think there are a couple of things we all have to remember. If you change nothing, nothing will change. Um, So if there are things that you want to improve, and we always do, we're in the industry where we always want to be improving, you have to think about that. And you also can't correct what you're not willing to confront. So you need to, uh, as Gab said, I think, um, to go ahead... Uh, I think Ruby said it too, Um, and review what you want to change and do that with your leadership team, big issues or small issues. If you're talking about uh, this being your first year as a director and things weren't so great last year, or you're coming off of a really bad year, pick your battles really carefully. um, If you have a lot of changes to make, really focus on on the ones that are really key rather than trying to change everything all at once. And I think it's important also to let your staff know that to be outstanding, you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, So there may be some changes this year that will take a bit of getting used to, but it'll totally be worth it. Um, We would often present them with the problem, tell them what we hoped to accomplish this year, and ask them to help us brainstorm ways in which we could make it happen. So we'd make a session out of it. Because we found that if they can help to create these new rules or the new way of doing things, we had better buy-in. So that was always key for us. If they understood the reasons for the changes, we were in better shape. Um, And it was really important not to dwell on the past if there were mistakes or to name names or specific incidents. Um, But rather, this is what you were hoping for this year and why. And then a key factor, I think, is to really stick to your guns and not let them away with doing it the old way or say that you will do it this new way only when the campers are here, Um, but that this has to be the way that you change things at camp, even when there are no children uh, or campers on site. 
Um, one year, we decided to do a slideshow right at the beginning of training, focusing on staff who were there last year who were not returning um, because there was a big group that was leaving. Um, and so people were really worried about the the staff this year and the way camp was going to run with this huge key component of staff gone. Um, so we did a big slideshow, said thanks, um, and said goodbye. And we sort of put it to rest ceremoniously. Um, and yeah, there were a couple of tears and all that kind of stuff, but it was a way to say goodbye and say that this was a fresh start. Mm. Um, so that part was, was really key for us. Um, I did an exercise once um, with staff members and I pretty sure I did it at Warrow when uh, Travis and I were there visiting. Um, but, oh no, it was at the uh, ACQ. And uh, we had a situation where we had camps joined together um, and brought over to our site, which was not our doing. So we had to make the best of it. Um, and we did a teacup exercise. So I handed out to the staff all these fancy teacups um, and had them close their eyes and fill their teacups with memories from last year. So they were, you know, I watched them sit there and do this um, and fill in their teacup with all these wonderful memories of last year. And then I had a staff member planted who then said, uh, but Topaz, my camp name, my teacup is full. And I said, well, what are you going to do about that? And so we talked about dumping out some of last year in order to make room for this year. Um, and it kind of really helped uh, when we were going through the week and we saw people um, who were having trouble letting go and saying, oh, we used to do it this way. Other staff members would gently nudge them and say, teacup, teacup. <laughs> um, and so it kind of worked um, to have that visual aid was kind of nice. That's awesome. Uh, any other thoughts on that at all? before we move on to our next question? Nope, we're good? All right. So how do you then establish yourself as that knowledgeable, approachable, qualified leader during orientation? Ruby, what do you think? Uh, again, I say it time and time again, play. Play alongside your mm -hmm. staff. Um, you know, you, there are times you have to be the facilitator and, and the leader, but there are times that you can be a follower, and there are times that you can play and work alongside your staff. And I think that that time is so critical to establishing a rapport, but also establishing credibility. It is that whole, the camp director is willing to plunge a toilet if it needs to be done. Um, and if they're willing to do it, they're not going to ask me to do things that they are unwilling to do. Um, so I think when you can find that time to let that guard down a little bit and play alongside your staff and laugh with them and be silly with them, and they have the opportunity to tag the camp director or get the camp director out during a game, mm -hmm. like how good is that going to make them feel? <laughs> um, so set aside that time to play with your staff. Awesome. Gab, what do you think? I think uh, be vulnerable. Uh, let your let this team know um, um, some of your vulnerabilities. Why, and also let them know why you were chosen to do this job. Um, whether you're going up through the ranks or whether you're new to to the organization, letting letting the staff members know that you're there to be part of the team and that you don't know everything is very important. Um, but it's also important to to acknowledge. This is my history, and this is what I'm hoping to bring. I think it's it's very sensitive for people to have somebody new come into their organization or replace somebody that they they beloved. And mm -hmm. I think that um, being sensitive to that and just acknowledging um, all of the wonderful things, and that you're not there to change the organization, but you're there to work with them so that this organization remains a strong part 
of the community for tomorrow um, is is an important thing to do. And uh, I can just speak from from personal um, for, personally from myself. I I went up through the ranks and I you know, my parents owned the camp. And so I always had to prove myself. Uh, I always wanted to prove myself. I wanted to show that I, I deserved to be there, worked very hard. Um, but I, I have, I'm dyslexic and I'm ADD and I hit, I hid that for a very long time because I wanted to show that I was, you know, the responsible organized individual, um, that I was not actually. So I was very <laughs> responsible, <laughs> but there are some things that I struggled with and, and there was a lot of tension with some of the staff members when I would forget things or, um, when I didn't show up on time, it wasn't because I, I didn't care. Once I started sharing that this was something I struggled with, that I need a little bit of assistance, um, that it had nothing to do with them, uh, with the fact that I didn't care about, you know, our meeting times or, um, but I want I want to respect those things. Um, then then only then I was able to be a, a, a much stronger leader. So being vulnerable, I think, is, is important. Absolutely. I think um, what Gab's saying is that we need to be fearlessly authentic, hmm. um, that that's really key, because when we're living that best version of ourselves, we're inspiring other people to live the best version of themselves. And that's what camp is all about. And I think it's important to remember to do that at all times, not just when you think the staff is watching you. Um, I think I'm a pretty approachable person, but staff always told me after they got to know me how intimidating I was. Um, and I think it's important that we remember that you are the director, you are the boss, and this comes with intimidation all on its own. Um, so you often have to be the first one to make the first move. So being present, and I mean that mind, body, and soul um, in all of the sessions uh, is really key during leadership training. Uh, as Ruby said, wash dishes with them, uh, play, uh, laugh with them, sing with them, do all those sorts of things. Um, sit at a different table at every meal. Um, I would often wish I could have sat with my assistant director so we could sort of chat and see if we were on task and what needed to be done next and all that stuff. But I purposely moved around uh, the dining hall during staff training. Um, and I made sure that I had at least one real conversation with every staff member during staff training. And I had 70 staff members. And so I didn't want to miss anybody. So I literally had a hidden list in my office um, I would get up in the morning before everybody else. I would look at my list and I would see who I really needed to connect with that day. And at the end of the day, I would check off my list to make sure that I really hadn't missed anybody. Um, I would also uh, hang out for a little bit in the staff lounge during free time. Um, not for too long because, of course, they didn't relax if I was there. Um, but I just sort of hung out for a few minutes and or I brought some candy in or, you know, we chatted about a favorite movie or something like that. Now, all of that being said, I think it's really important as a director that you still need to have boundaries. Mm -hmm. So you want to be their friend, but you will always be their director first. Um, a lack of boundaries invites a lack of respect. So I was always clear to my staff that I really wanted to be their friend, but if push came to shove, I would always choose to be the director first. Um, so I think that that's really key. Ruby, what else have you got for us? Well, we actually had an exercise that we did at Nature's Classroom where we set up this grid and it had, um, you know, campers, teachers, parents, administration, uh, maintenance, operations staff, you know, and so we had that written across the top and across the side. And then we would split up into small groups and talk about the different relationships because 
there, there are different interactions that happen across the board throughout camp. And so just spending some time specifically talking about that, you know, director, uh, staff member relationship. It, it is a little different at camp than it looks in a corporation. And so I, I think that that's a, a useful thing to talk about with your staff who may not know any better um, and may not really know what the expectations are. And um, that was something that was always very clearly spelled out there was like, you know, yeah, we will we'll hang out because we had a small staff there of 10 people. Like those were your friends. Um, and we would hang out at our boss's house because it was a, a place that we could convene together. Um, but when push came to shove, end of the day, when we're working, we had to be respectful of that authority, no matter what that friendship relationship was outside of camp. Um, so, so yeah, spend some time talking about that. Um, and I cannot agree more with what Gab said about being vulnerable. I think, uh, Mm -hmm. one of the things that I try to do with my staff is really explain to them and show them how much I love what I do and how much I love getting to work with the staff and how much I love mentoring them um, and how much I love my job and the place that I'm at. Um, And with that, I can't be there without them. So if you don't do your job well, I don't have a job. And none of you then have a job, you know, so (laughs) let's help each other out this whole process. Let's all do what we can to help everybody meet their goals. And, And I told my staff that last year, you know, you are helping me meet a life goal. I want to help you in return meet some life goals. Um, and I, I think that what's nice about that is I've had directors tell me that, and it's just this moment of like, oh, they're on my team. They're not always out to get me. Mm-hmm. They're not trying to tear me down, which is when you're the boss, like that is what people assume. No matter what right. you do or say. <laughs> That is the assumption. You are coming in to tell them what they're doing wrong and you're an enemy. And so really trying to express and show in everything that you say and do, I'm an advocate for you, is it's an essential rapport to set up because then when you're having those conversations later about poor decisions they made, it's you're coming at it from a, it's the whole like, I'm disappointed, um, not the like, I'm so angry and going to punish you because I'm mad. It's I'm disappointed this is the decision that you made because I can see that you can be so much greater or you can really develop into a strong leader or whatever it might be. Um, so take that time to be vulnerable. I couldn't agree with that more and, and share why it is that you're there, share the things that you love. What is it that you love about camp? As a new director, that's a great Mm -hmm. thing to share with your staff because then they'll see, oh, they love some of the same stuff I do and they're not going to change that Um, because that's another big fear that they're going to have is that this director is going to come in and change everything. And I tried to make it very clear when I came to Green River, no, when I came here, I loved the program. I'm not touching the program. I'm fixing the stuff that's behind the scenes, it's kind of a mess. So to make everybody else's lives a little better. Um, so yeah, just what you guys are saying, I I cannot agree with more. Great. That's why we're such a good team. Gab, what else you got? Um, I think, I think sort of just, I mean, I think pretty, a lot of it's pretty much said, but, uh, I just like, I just like that my staff know that I have their back. And I think that one of the ways to do that is, um, um, 
for the most part, we, we have the answers on how to deal with campers and we have the answers on how to run a, a good program. And we're pretty much um, jacks of all trade. Once you get to the director's position, you're, you're like, oh, you need somebody to run kayaking? Okay, I'll go do that. You know, I'm done. Um, but I think that sometimes when we're trying to prove ourselves as leaders, then we, we overcompensate by showing what we're capable of doing. And one of the ways to show to your staff that you have their back is not by giving them the answers, but just asking them, what have you tried and, and where do you think we should go from here? Why don't you think that worked? And, and just getting them to problem solve with you instead of giving them the answers, taking that little bit of extra time actually shows that you, you have their back. You're, you're curious about what, what they've already tried it. And sometimes they're like, I didn't try anything. I don't know what to do. And you're like, Oh, okay. So let's, Let's start from there. And then also just respecting the ranks of, of, uh, at, in your camp. So maybe you did a really good job of, of, of making staff members feel comfortable to come and see you. Um, but you know, maybe the 17 year old has a section head that they need to go to, um, with a camper issue. So if they do come to you cause they, they really respect you and, and you, you get along and they say, I'm having a problem with this camper. Of course, you could help them out, but tell, get them to go to their section head or the person first and just tell them, you know, let's go through here. And if we can't figure it out with that person, then we'll, we'll continue. And, um, but just respect. And that's another way of showing that you have your other, uh, your leadership team members back is that you're not going to overstep them. Great. I think sometimes camp staff, especially uh, first-year staff, have no idea what it is you do in a day. Um, They just don't know. Um, So it's important that we let them know what our job entails. Uh, One year, Travis and I, we had a PowerPoint behind us, and we just kept popping up all of these things, all of these responsibilities, and we asked them um, to write down on a sheet of paper the ones they thought were part of our job. Um, so we had hundreds of them and of course the vast majority of them were ones that we did do. Some were totally just for fun. Um, you know, like, uh, being Ninja Turtles and taking out bad guys or something. Um, and others, um, were things that other staff were responsible for. So it was a way to introduce, as Gab just said, these, this is a thing that you take to your head counselor first or your activity head, that kind of thing. Um, so it led into a session on why we do what we do, why we love what we do, and it gave them perspective on why we can't sometimes always just drop everything um, and why we're not able to be present at all activities. Um, so it was kind of a fun way to do that. Um, we also shared our goals with them, not just our goals for camp for the summer, but even our personal ones, like I'd like to learn how to play guitar this summer or, you know, I'd like to, you know, those kinds of things. So staff would come up and say, hey, have you got 20 minutes? I can show you a few chords. It was kind of fun to do it that way. And it was always important for me to let them know that I was open to questions for them And it was important for me to let them know when my door was open. And I say that because I never wanted to say my door is always open Mm -hmm. because sometimes it simply can't be as a director. Um, Sometimes you're in the middle of something that you simply cannot be interrupted for unless it is a dire emergency. Um, And so you want to let them know when are those great times. Um, You're always there for them. But when um, you need to let them know when it's best not to interrupt, unless, of course, as I said, it's a huge emergency. So we as directors need to remember that leadership isn't a position or a title. Um, It's action and example. So um, if you're modeling the behavior that you're looking for, you're far more likely to get it. Um, Any other thoughts on that before we move to our next question? I want to toss in an activity real quick that you reminded me of that I did. 
Um, so when I was at YMCA camp, we did day camp and resident camp. And one of the key roles that I did was just answering phones in the afternoon, which anybody who's worked in day camp knows as soon as that those children get picked up, the phone starts ringing with, <laughs> you know, ah, my child got called a poopy face today, you know, and <laughs> all those sort of things. Right. And so, um, and, and that hour can be a miserable hour. It can be a great hour. And it really depends on what your staff have been doing um, and how they're doing their job. And we used to tell the staff that all the time there, like, um, if you all are doing your job well, then I get to come out and I get to play mm-hmm. and I get to hang out with you. But if you're not doing your job well, I spend all my time getting cranky <laughs> in the office and then having to come find you and figure out what the heck is going on. Uh, so we did a couple of skits um, uh, several nights right after dinner that were just um, scenarios. And so it was people role-playing. One person was the mom calling on the phone and the other person was the administrator taking the phone call. And just having that that person who is role-playing as the parent give some of the information that we might get. My child today came home and said that every article of clothing that they had brought to camp was stolen, right? And so then we... Um, you know, had the administrator kind of deal with that. And we talked about it and debriefed like, okay, what is the administrator thinking right now? How are they feeling about the counselor right now? Uh, and then the next night we did the interaction between the counselor and the administrator. And so the administrator going to the counselor and saying, Hey, this is the information that I was given. I just, I want to hear your side of the story or what happened with so-and-so and, you know, do you know where their clothes are? And, Oh yeah, that child can't keep up with anything. And it's all <laughs> left on the lost and found line today. Um, and so we did a couple fun ones and then we did a more serious one where it was, you know, a, a camper, was not at the bus site to be picked up. And so like, here you are as the administrator and that's the phone call you're getting. And it was a great way to start that discussion of like, this is what we deal with. And this is why it's so important for you to do your job well, but also this is just a picture of why sometimes it may seem like we come out in a stir and upset <laughs> because when this is the information that we've been given, it's hard to like calm yourself down from that, you know? Um, and, and I, I just think it was a fun way for them to see a little bit of the side of what we deal with that they don't necessarily think about. Cause if you're doing a great job or, and even if you're doing kind of a mediocre job, you may never know what the parent complaints are that, that are coming into the office. Mm. Um, and I think the flip side of that is when you're, when you're the administrator taking those phone calls to be really conscientious of being an advocate for your staff and saying, well, let me check into this more and whatever else, because let's be real, children sometimes have a different perspective of what happened than what really happened. Um, and you have to certainly take that seriously, um, but um, making sure that you're trying at first to, to take the, ta- the side of your staff or at least be understanding that you're going to hear their story first before you say, oh, that's it, okay, I'm going to fire them because they're, they're, your child lost everything while they were at camp today. Um, so, yeah, just a little skit, little scenario. It didn't take long to write up, but I think it provided some good insight into the sort of things that we see. Nice. That's great. So our last question for today is how do you show the staff that this year is different in good ways. So Gab, what do you got? Um, I, one of my favorite things, uh, a secret that I bring in on the staff is that um, 
the history of our camp is ever-changing. So we're always in constant flux. So um, I like to showcase the different points of change and why our lives are better because of it. So, uh, you know, and sometimes we do this through skits or, or whatever, but basically we show um, when we weren't allowed to wear jeans to the dining room, uh, you had to change, um, you know, why that came about as change. Um, you know, how how campers used to, ha- used to have to call their staff, the staff members by, you know, their maiden name as Mrs. This and Mrs. That. And, uh, and so some are very ridiculous and then we get closer and closer to, to the years. And then we have, we have, you know, you know, two years ago, this was how this was done. This is why we've made the change and this is, uh, this is the impact. And sometimes we use, um, statistics. We have parent, uh, parent feedback. We have camper feedback and, um, and it shows that the reason why this, this organization is still running is because we're ever changing, but we stick to our core values and every change is to help support those core values. So, um, you know, we, we sort of just, we bring it, we bring it to light, um, the other thing that, that we do is we showcase what changes have been brought forward by staff members and not by necessarily myself uh, or the leadership team members. Um, and if I have those staff members there, they tell why they thought they didn't necessarily have uh, the solution, but they knew that something could be done better. And this is part of our role. So, so part of our culture and expectation from the very beginning is for staff members to acknowledge when, when things, when they think things could be done better. Um, and, and that is part of, of what makes us a great organization is that we embrace that, but we also make changes not on a whim, but uh, calculated. And everything mm-hmm. is very, very thought out. So uh, I talk about the different processes of how we implement change and, um, and, and really map it out that this is, this is the steps that we take so that it's not just, you know, me in my dark corner. <laughs> and this year, everybody will have fluorescent baseball caps. Um, it will be genius. So we, yeah. So basically, you know, it's, it's to let them know that this is the thought process and that they're part of it. And this is why we're here today. And this is why our organization is amazing because of these calculated um, changes. Nice. I do like the fluorescent baseball caps though. (laughs) Uh, I know. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Ruby, how about you? Um, agreed. You know, I think really talking to staff about that, communicating that when I've seen some big changes in organizations, um, those were discussions that happened in our return staff interviews, um, that, you know, this is a big change that's going to happen in this organization. We're going to do this very differently. How does that make you feel? And having that discussion ahead of time, even before you've said, yes, I'm going to take this job to, to know that staff are on board with that change or not, or to feel like you have some input in it, whether you actually do or not, um, that's, I think, really huge. So talking about that ahead of time, I think I, I'm also, I'm an external motivator, I'll be real. Um, so just some surprise <laughs> treats here and there, and it can be little or big. Um, you know, that sleep in breakfast that, um, we, we had eight golden retriever puppies at camp last year. So we set them out on the field and and led the staff out there and unknowingly had them, you know, revealed to these just eight puppies in the field. They got to play with for about 30 minutes. Um, Oh, it was the best staff training moment of the entire summer. (laughs) Like, oh, geez. Uh, (laughs) But, um, you know, ice cream, a, a, a special ice cream treat here or there. I think just 
you know, being in tune to the, the mood of your staff and watching for those moments where it's like, they're kind Mm -hmm. of down and responding to that. I think that really shows I'm going to be a responsive leader. I can't give you everything all the time, but when there's something that the staff needs, I'm going to, to meet that need as much as I possibly can. Um, so have a few tricks up your sleeve. I think it's a, a good idea. Nice. I love the puppy idea. Oh my goodness. Oh, I'm picturing myself there right now. I wish you could have heard the collective. <laughs> they were all like lying back in the grass and they were in yeah. a circle. We brought the puppies in sneakily and like put them right in the middle of the circle. And, uh, we were visualizing emergency situations and, you know, what yeah. to do if, if this situation happens, like what's your first step? Really want you to think about it. And it was quiet for about 10 seconds. And I was like, all right, open your eyes and enjoy the puppies on the field. And everybody just sat up and went, oh, I mean, like the collective awe was priceless. I wish I had it on video, but yeah. It was, oh, that's amazing. That's, it was awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> How did you get eight puppies? Uh, luck of the draw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Camp dog, you know, it was one of those. Yeah. Camp it was dog. one of those, like we were sitting around one day, like, oh, it'd be funny if we could work the puppies into training. Oh, I've got an idea. <laughs> I feel That's an now, original one. <laughs> yes, I feel now that camps across North America are going to be hunting out puppies for this year's training. I mean, we have baby rabbits this year, so that I think that's going to be our <laughs> our stick. So yeah, we'll figure it out. Nice. I think for me, one of the big things is to begin new traditions. So the ones that follow your values and your goals for the year. And I think it's really huge to have those traditions because it makes the staff feel part of something bigger than themselves and part of something great. And we all know at camp that after we've done it one year, the staff will then say, it's always been this way. Um, So you're just introducing new traditions that will um, help to sort of focus you on the direction that you want to go and to be careful to use language like at camp we do it this way as opposed to uh, you don't want to say this year we do it this way Uh, but this is you know this is how we do it at camp Um, and I think we're just back to stick to your goals and your why statement Um, decide together what your purpose statement is and then have a purpose trajectory and so through the week you can track that where are you on your purpose trajectory and to reinforce it through the week with really great stories so uh, we talked about fireside chats I think in the second podcast cast on mission Um, and at the end of campfire every night at leadership training we would talk about the day Uh, I would bring the staff in nice and close to me Uh, I was sitting on a bench in front of the fire um, and we would talk about who took risks that day um, who we'd like to thank that day. And so we reinforced where we were on the trajectory of our goal and our mission um, by reinforcing it with stories. And I think that that was really important. Um, And as Ruby said, front load your expectations starting at your interviews or hiring day, send them out in email blasts in their staff packages, all those kinds of things. So the number of these changes are not sort of thrown at them the first day they arrive at camp if they're return staff, Uh, but they know that they're coming. And even if you've had all the same staff as you had last year, which I don't know if anybody ever does that, but they're exactly the same, it will still be different because people will have changed. So it's our job as um, youth professionals to teach them that change is good. Uh, It doesn't always have to be bad. 
and doing lots of group building activities and then focusing on the debrief as well. Um, looking for the good moments and praising those uh, are really key. And remembering that what you put up with, you end up with. So you want to be really careful at leadership training to really set the tone. And even if last year was pretty good, don't be afraid to give up the good and go for the great. Um, because we all know, we tell staff all the time that adventure starts outside their comfort zone, um, but we have to remember it starts outside ours too. <laughs> um, I think that's really key. Any other thoughts before we go to our mad recapper? No, we're good? Okay, Gab, tell us what we learned today. Okay. Um, so basically how to set up the culture for your staff to embrace change. Here we go. Um, bring in small groups on, in on the change discussion. Um, make it clear. This is not last summer. Pick your battles. I wrote baffles, but I know it's battles. It might be hard, it might be hard uh, but it's worth it. Don't dwell on the past. Stick to your guns. Start change during staff training. Acknowledge loss and use visuals to resent the positive, re represent the positive change. Um, how to let staff members know that you're qualified, or as I like to say, I'm the bomb. So um, <laughs> be fearlessly authentic. Be the first one to make the social move. Eat with your staff. Keep records of who you connected with and, more importantly, who you haven't yet. Cle create clear boundaries. Um, this is my job. This is, what I'm this is why I'm here. Um, let's work together. I want to help you. I've got your back. And make sure that you can share also your own goals and what you want to accomplish at camp this summer. Um, and how to make a successful change. Introduce the change during even staff interviews. That's a really good one. Show, uh, showcase the positive history of change within your organization. Use fluffy babies, i.e. bunnies <laughs> or uh, puppies, to help distract people that there's change all around them. Create new traditions as well as... Uh, this is why, and let's let's also look at where we're at in the purpose of trajectories. So, um, change is important. I'll just re just finish with this. Change is very very important. It's what keeps us current. And um, I know that directors have frustrations when staff won't accept change. But as Beth said, so do directors. We have to change as well. Uh, and I think, not to be too cliche, but we have to look at what we're struggling with um, and implement those changes first and, and then get our staff on board too. Great. Well, you can hear all the fun we have here on the podcast, and so we're sure you want to get involved, and this is how. Um, you can join us on the hashtag Camp Code. We'd love to hear what topics you'd like us to discuss, what guests you'd recommend we talk to. We'd love to hear great leadership training tips so that we can share with the rest of the people listening. We're all about sharing in this industry, so we'd love to hear from you. And here's how you can contact each one of us individually. Ruby. So you can email me at ruby at greenriverpreserve.org. I'm also on Twitter at rubylin85. Uh, or you can find out more about Green River Preserve at greenriverpreserve.org. Thank you. Gab? You can check out where I work at waro.com. You can email me at gabs, that's G-A-B-Z, at waro.com, as well as you can follow me on Twitter at Gabrielle Rail. And you can find me at camphacker.tv. That's our website. You can email me directly at beth at camphacker.tv, or you can find us on Twitter at camphacker. Now, Ruby, why don't you tell us what we've got going for our next podcast? 
So our next podcast is actually going to be our last one uh, before wrapping up before the summer. And so we want to just discuss those best staff training moments. Um, we'll be asking for some of those quick fire questions that you might have uh, and answering some of those. So really you can tune in to hear just some best practices all packed into one podcast. Great. Our final segment on each podcast is a best practice for leadership trainings, and we would love to hear some of your memorable moments or most effective tips, and you can tell us what they are using the hashtag camp code. But this week, we're going to hear from Gab. Gab, what's your best my practice? Be well, my best practice is from one of my good friends, Chantal Wade. Uh, Chantal and I were CITs uh, together, and then we went up through the ranks at camp together, and I became a section head and she became a CIT coordinator. And um, what I thought was very impressive with her training um, is she was one of those people that could spot a problem, you know, five steps ahead and adjust. And she knew that with her group of new CITs, um, they had a lot of energy, um, but were a little bit unfocused. And she knew that arriving on time was going to be difficult for them, and she didn't want to nag. She hates nagging, and I think that that's a good rule uh, to go by, you know, no nagging. So uh, what she did is from the very beginning, she told her CITs when things, when certain sessions would start and when they were expected to be at by using, um, by going by 1032 or uh, mm -hmm. 1147. She never used 1140 or 1145. Mm -hmm. um, and that's because people already on our own create a little bit of a grace period and she didn't want anybody to have a grace period. So she said, I will be starting we will be starting at this time. And um, they all think their, their watches. And this was something that, that I, I saw and that we still we do today in, in all of our staff training and uh, also with our CITs. And it's probably by far one of the best practices. Um, and I'd like to pair that with Michael Brandwine's uh, helping staff arrive on time. <laughs> and one of the things that, he, that he's done and I've done myself is that if a group of staff members um, do arrive late, which they will because they test their your boundaries a little bit. Um, he wants he wants everybody to start on the right foot. So what he suggests is that you ask everybody to leave um, because it's important that we all start together. And he sets a new time, very close to to the time of, of the actual starting time. Starts has, sets out a new time and says, "I'd like us to all start on time. We're going to start on the right foot because this is important." And it's always camper focused. What Michael says, so uh, because we want to show respect to our campers and this is how we do it. So. Uh, I've done this myself, and the key point on, on asking staff members to leave and come back is that they actually have to leave. Um, some of them get a little bit awkward, and they're like, well, we'll just start now. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, the, the other thing is you, you, you don't want to be upset or frustrated towards them. It, it's a point of learning, and we're learning together. So you may feel uh, frustrated and upset. Just sort of breathe a little bit. Let them go and then come back um, and then explain that this is important. Um, and if you are late, uh, how should you address it? So always uh, come and speak to you afterwards and, and express why. Don't, don't let me come to you. Um, I, it's your responsibility. So, so getting staff members to come on time, make sure it's not using zero or five at the end of the time, <laughs> a two, a one, a three. Those are very helpful. A seven, uh, that really emphasizes when the starting time is. And if staff members are late, um, ask them to come back in about five more minutes and and everybody will start on time and I, that usually does the trick my staff are on time they're very good <laughs> and they all have watches they have to come to camp with watches 
Absolutely. Cool. Great. Thanks, Gab. Well, that wraps up our show for today. Thanks so much for listening, and please join us on the hashtag Camp Code. Please remember, no other industry shares its best practices the way summer camps do. If you use an idea heard on a Camp Hacker podcast, please be professional and give credit where credit is due. The Camp Code is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for the listening, friends. Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus.